Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 13 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we are your hosts. I am Travis, joined by Alex of SNES Drunk fame. Alex, how you doing? Hanging in there. How is it going? Good, man. Good. I, you know, We were chatting a little bit before we started recording, and it's interesting. The guy that um, you know, crossed the, the 150K threshold, he's now done... You know, he's on his 13th podcast. Um, oh, you've, you've done... That's a bigger deal to me. You, well, you've done uh, hundreds, hundreds of videos, and uh, you just now have a pop filter that you don't have to hold up. Like, it's <laughs> like you're, you know, blowing a pinwheel. What's, uh, what took you so long? Yeah, I, I had this crappy, I think it was, uh, it actually cost me $20. I can't mm. believe this. Because when I, when, I, when I revisited my orders on Amazon... Um, I don't know. I just got used to doing voiceovers with this thing, holding it up <laughs> while I talked. And then, um, do you find yourself just holding something up when you talk to Pearl now because you're so used to it? <laughs> She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, oh, yeah. sorry, I thought it was a pop filter. It's a spoon. <laughs> well, I di- I didn't know these things existed. I am still living in the '90s, obviously, mm. or in some cases, the early '80s, depending <laughs> on the video. But, um. I, I saw this wild new invention that's uh, new f- if you're living in 2006 that wraps around the mic with like these, they're almost like hair binders and it's like a, sh- a microphone shield that goes around the microphone and I'm like, oh, hey, I, I'm, I might need that for, for podcast purposes, yeah. not necessarily for channel purposes. Nobody, nobody wants any of that but the podcast is 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 my priority at the moment <laughs> it's the new hot thing people are raving about it and i think i mean it's great you're up you're upgrading the equipment you're it shows me that you're you're dedicated you're serious about being a drunk friend and that's what's important to me especially because my channel has certainly benefited from hanging out with you on here speaking of being a drunk friend, oh that's right what are you drinking um oh boy a lot of you are going to be disappointed but this is just a blood orange cider, and it's from Tractor Brewing Company here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But it is six point nine percent, which is very nice. I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed. It sounds it sounds delicious. It's blood orange cider, but it's not beer. It's cider. Ah. But uh, no, it is. I do really like it. It's very good, and it's very it's a very fancy can. That's for dang sure. Tractor Brewing is very high quality here in Albuquerque. There's them, there's Marble, there's Bosque. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the others, but those are the three, the big three in Albuquerque are those three, I would say. What about you? I go for the uh, the lighter, uh, you know, sometimes less alcoholic or uh, non-beer type uh, drinks here in the summertime. It gets hot and those are... Uh, yeah. Those are easier to, to get down when it's 80 degrees inside your own home. But... Um, I'm actually I'm back to my old man drink. I'm uh, I have the 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 vodka the vodka olives. Some might call it a martini. Again, I, I think I think that's too fancy of a word for the way I treat it. It's very dirty, very filthy martini. But so you just grab a fistful of olives out of a jar and just throw them in a martini glass, and then well, I use a spoon. Some fall on the floor. Some do fall on the floor. That's not my problem. But no, it's uh, you know it's how I roll. Yeah, I you know I went for a run earlier today. It was it's been hot, and right after the run. I'll, you know, it's my vacation. I'm taking a staycation. You just kind of hanging out, mm. catching up on the channel, doing a lot of, you know, catching up on a lot of things I've been meaning to do. And right after that, for some reason, I had this hankering to get a milkshake. I don't think it's a good idea, really, after you run to just 
go down a bunch of sugary dairy. <laughs> no, that's something I would do. That's not not recommended. It's not recommended. No, but I was you know I was out on my own. I didn't have to, I didn't have to get the wife's permission. And I was like, I'm gonna do it. I think I could finish it before I get home. So I I downed the milkshake and I. <laughs> I haven't felt great since then, so I'm. I was. That's why. It's, it, basically, this is a you long. You finished way. it. The whole thing. How long did it take you? Nah, it's like a fifteen minute ride home. Oh damn! Yeah. Where was it? it was it? Are you? Are what kind of milkshake are we talking here? Is this like a Dairy Queen, uh, Wendy's? It's, like it's what, what? A, a regional. Uh, okay. Semi regional place called Cookout. They do some some uh, very well, sugary, high calorie milkshakes that oh. are delicious. Oh no! As long as it's delicious, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's not like you know the powder they mix with water that you know the fast food places use. No, nothing. Nothing's fun about that. I I made the mistake one day um, when I was working in downtown Minneapolis years ago. Um, I I, it was like eight thirty in the morning, and first I don't know what came over me. I was like, man, I could really use a a Dairy Queen Blizzard right now. Oh yeah. So, so I walked down to the Skyway, um, which is hard to explain if you're not from Minnesota, but it's kind of like uh, a third floor tunnel that connects all these buildings to, you know, to keep people from having to walk outside basically in the winter. I think the one time I was in Minneapolis, I think I used that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I love it. There's all sorts of great restaurants and short little stops and stores and everything along there as as you walk i used to take my like my when i took my breaks i would take like a long walk all the way across like the wells fargo building and stuff cool but um there was a dairy queen and i i went down there at like 8 30 in the morning all i had that morning was just like coffee and i came back and i had an oreo <laughs> blizzard and i ate the whole thing in like something like 20 minutes and it's like why the hell did i do that because i was you know like just like under my desk in the fetal position within you know, 30, <laughs> less than 30 minutes. And I was just like full of regret, but I think I had a coupon or something. Maybe that was it. Trying to blame a coupon. Like, ah, I need this coupon. I need to burn this coupon. What do I do? Yeah. You're trying to make yourself sound uh, less weird and more frugal in this scenario. And I think that's commendable. <laughs> I definitely, when I got to the first stoplight, I was like, mm, I, I definitely shouldn't have done this. But uh, anyway, that's why I'm not drinking a beer. I don't think I could handle it. I'm just mm. sipping, sipping on something else right now. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I think later in the episode, we're going to touch on some, some college sports action. So that's going to be fun. But we have some emails from some folks we wanted to get through first. All right, we have one from Jono. He says, uh, after listening to the latest ep and hearing HG talk, and of course this was prior to Super Derek, hearing Hungry Gorilla talk about Wind Waker, a game which I have similar feelings about, I have a two-parter question for you. Number one, what is a classic, he put it in quotes, game that you can't get along with, excluding the Wind Waker and Link to the Past, as they've been covered already, we talked about that with, with her. And number two, what is a bad game that you love? And he goes on to say, for me, I absolutely can't get through the first Legend of Zelda. It's a great game, but it feels archaic to me compared to the greater depth that was introduced in Zelda 2. And I love Darkwing Duck for the turbo graphics. It's got an awful soundtrack, repetitive gameplay, <laughs> and iffy controls. But it's one of those games from my youth that just has so much nostalgia tied to it. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, Jono. I, we appreciate that email. I mean, I'm a little hurt that he's, he can't get into the, the OG Legend of Zelda. To me, that's the creme la creme. 
uh, whatever that means. I think it means good things. <laughs> I do agree that the Darkwing Duck on Turbo Graphics is like a really shitty but good time. I, I totally understand that. Um, but yeah, Alex, what's a classic that you just can't get along with? For me, I think it's probably. I don't know if it's a, this is considered a classic though. It's uh, a Demon's Crest. Oh, for Super Nintendo. I don't know if people, you know, that's not necessarily a classic, but it's it's a kind of a cult favorite, I guess, is the best way to describe that one. And the reason I can't is because it's extremely repetitive. There's a lot of backtracking. Um, I really don't like the fact that you can just tap a B twice and you're floating over the entire level, no problem. I think the the biggest deal breaker for me, I I hate this kind of stuff in action platformers when you have to press pause and go to a menu to switch forms. Oh, yeah. And then uh, it's like Mega Man X had it right, where you can switch weapons, forms, so to speak, uh, by the shoulder buttons. Why didn't more, more games use those shoulder buttons? There's a lot of games I that just know, flat man. ignored them when they could have absolutely put it, them to good use. It's a great point. Uh, Link to the Past is one of them. Yeah, like, you gotta switch, you gotta press pause to switch items. It's There is a patch now, I think, on, uh, what's it called? ROMhacking.net, where you that's been uh, fixed, and you can use the shoulder buttons to flip through uh, Link to the Past uh, weapons. But yeah, Demon's Crest, I never really got into it. And the music, to me, some people dig it, and that's fine. I'm not slagging people for liking it, obviously, <laughs> but it's uh, it, the music really gets old. It's just, okay, pipe organ, more pipe organ, more pipe organ. It's like, enough already. Like I get it. <laughs> Fire, I get it. <laughs> I... Uh... I really have an attachment to that game specifically for just the opening part. I think that's just metal oh. as a hell. I just love that part. And I think that pushed me through the rest of it to where I would reflectively look back and be like, that was a good game. But yeah, there are definitely a lot of aggravations about it. In fact, the first two times I played Demon's Crest, I ended up uh, finishing it prematurely. I went through and you can. there's a way yeah. you can like get the bad ending pretty soon. And mm-hmm. it, it's not really apparent what you're supposed to do at that moment, but you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to go and fight this guy and, and finish it uh, earlier than you should. So yeah, it definitely has its drawbacks, but man, it looks great. It does look great. Um, the backgrounds and the settings are awesome. And yeah, the way it starts and the way the game is structured where you got that boss fight right off the bat. That's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that that's, it's, it's really cleverly structured like that. But yeah, I just... Secret of Evermore is another one that comes to mind. It's again, that's not a classic, but it's a, a a cult favorite. And uh, I revisited that one last winter during my winter or before my winter break, during my Thanksgiving break, actually last year. And that was another one that was like, I want to like this, but I there's just too many, too much, too many flaws, too much bad stuff here that is way too annoying. Yeah, so. yeah, and then that's another one too. Like I um I remember a long time ago. Uh, I think on the first time you and I podcasted together, I had you on a polykill collect call, just interviewing oh, you about yeah. stuff. And you were, I think I asked you like, is there a video you wish you could take back? And, and you said, yeah, you thought you were a little too hard on secret of evermore, but I was all about it. I was like, no, that game sucks. Fucking nailed it <laughs> because I had just got done playing that game. And I, I, I found it just very aggravating. And there's a lot of cool <laughs> things about it. Like it uses a lot of the, uh, the, um, the, the ambient sounds to push it through. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. But man, as soon as I got to like the marketplace and like the Rat King and all that stuff, it was just like no thanks. Yeah, yeah I like the alchemy system in theory, but um, it just is a kind of a chore to to use. Yeah, the marketplace is such a deal breaker Ugh. for me. Oh my god, it, it is so aggravating. 
And when I saw that timer pop up on the in the lower right, I was just like, no, nope, no, nope. <laughs> uh, this is this is stupid. Like, don't time. This is hard enough as it is. Don't time me on this. What is this? What am I in elementary school? Is this a is this a test? Like, that's <laughs> well, what about you then? What 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 is a classic game you can't get along with? Oh man, um, I think I'll just have to point to. The Metroid Prime series, I I can't get into those. I really want to enjoy oh, them. Oh no! I really want to enjoy them, and it, it, I don't have any strong like hate feelings. But yeah, I'm just yeah. they don't click. I like my Metroids 2D. That's that's uh, mm. that's kind of a thing. I really want to get into them though because I want to get hyped for the Metroid Prime Four that's going to be coming to Switch maybe sometime before the end of the world, and. Um, <laughs> I'd like to get through some of the you know the predecessors, the Prime trilogy, but every time I pick it up, there's just something, I don't know. It's just it doesn't click like I want it to. So it could be a time and space mm. thing. Maybe I just need to be in the right mindset. But that's one that I can point to and say, man, I wish I was one of the cool kids and like that game. <laughs> I was definitely in the right mindset to like that game because this was back when I lived with my old roommate Tom back in 2002. And he managed to score passes to some sort of like GameCube. I don't even know what this was. It was outside of Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Um, before that, Ikea was built across the street. And it was like this makeshift tent. It was like a Cirque du Soleil tent that was set up with all these demos set up for all these different games that weren't out yet. Wind Waker was in there. Maybe it was 2001. Hmm. Um, Wind Waker was in there. There were all like all sorts of games were in there, and Metroid Prime was in there, and you just played that first section that led up to that first boss. Right. Holy crap! That I think that game was like kind of in its own booth, where it was like super dark, and you were in there by yourself, and it was really atmospheric and cool and stuff like that. So that game immediately made a huge impression on me when I played it. So ah, fair enough. That. I'm a big time fan of of that series and that game. I I haven't played. I confess I haven't played that much of it, um, especially since uh, you know, t- my roommate at the time was uh the one that owned the GameCube, and it's not like I'm gonna elbow him out of the way. Like I want to play Metroid <laughs> Prime right now. Like no, 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 that's his. So yeah, it's uh, I I haven't spent that much time with it, but I I do like it. I can see why you wouldn't like it though, because it's kind of a goofy first person and then it shifts into kind of a third person thing when you're in the morph ball yeah it's it's yeah. a it's a little wonky and i don't know like stuff like atmosphere is i i feel like it's kind of subject subjective in a certain sense where it's like sometimes it it works and sometimes it doesn't i don't know i'll give it i'll definitely give it another shot though i'm not giving up on it do you have a gamecube yeah i have i have a well, I was going to say, like, yeah, I have three, but I don't know. That make, that might make me sound weird. But, uh, yeah, I, I have a few. <laughs> I got a stack of GameCubes in my garage. What are you talking about? I can't get rid of the things, honestly, but um, <laughs> I do have I have some. So the, the other half of his question, of course, what is a bad game that you love? We're going to get to some bad games that we love when we talk some 90s <laughs> college sports in a little bit. True. That's kind of my go-to because... I, I, my go-to answer for this is always NCAA basketball for Super Nintendo. I think that's probably the best or the uh, the the worst game that I really like a lot. Um, I love the little idiosyncrasies that come with sports games where you've got like a million, not a million, but like, I don't know, 36 teams. And you've got to like comb through every roster to find guys that are good three-point shooters, <laughs> yeah. guys 
guys that can dunk from the you know the free throw line or whatever. I love stuff like that. So when I found out that a guy on the North Car- North Carolina Tar Heels named Davison, once he gets warmed up, he can knock down any shot from uh within half court. Did you find out if this guy was real? Because I remember this in your video. Oh man, I, you know I used to think he was Donald Williams, which oh, okay. was the guy who hit the winning shot in. Like, I want to say, not the winning shot, but he was, like, the MVP of the Final Four in, like, 93 when they won the title. I got you. But um, I thought it was him, but I found out it wasn't, and I forget who it actually was. I, it makes sense that it would be Donald Williams, because that guy was lethal from three. But uh, whatever. I, I, I can't imagine who it might have been, because that game is weird in that uh, I, don't, I don't even know how, it, how they managed to come up with the ratings that they came up with, because... If you shoot from three with, like, the the guy from Oklahoma State, he's, like, a center. I think his name is Lark. <laughs> if you – that dude is money from three. He's, like, Dirk Nowitzki. Wow. It's unbelievable. And it's, like, why? And it's, oh, he's 75% from three points. And it's, like, oh, he probably made, like, a miracle half-court shot and – and uh, two other threes in his career or something like that. He probably only made three of four the whole season or something like that. Like, this guy's not that good of a three-point shooter. He's just, you know, like, he made three shots, <laughs> three three-point <laughs> shots in his whole career. Yeah, that's true. He just had that high percentage. Yeah, I, I think they just got lazy with that sort of stuff. And we're just like, ah, oh, whatever, that guy's, that guy's good. Hey, at least two of you out there know what I'm talking about. It's Lark and Oklahoma State. There's a couple people out there nodding right now. They're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, you know, as you've been talking, I've been kind of looking through the list of games I've played, and I was like, uh, you know, I guess I just don't really like bad games. I guess I'm just uh, pretty predictable. <laughs> um, look at me go. But uh, you made a good point when you said, yeah, coming up later, we're going to be talking about some college games that maybe aren't great. And I don't even know how College Slam was received back in the day, but I, I do have a strong affinity for that one. So maybe it's it's better if we leave that uh, topic untapped for now. We can talk <laughs> about it more after uh, a couple more emails. But uh, I do remember College Slam and loving it because I was like, NBA Jam for college? This is amazing. And it being not quite NBA Jam. But I still loved it. Right on. I don't even remember College I do remember College Slam being almost an identical clone of NBA Jam. Yeah. Other than the the font they used for the scoreboard. I mean, it misses a few beats. <clears throat> like, there's... I don't think there's any music during the games. I think it's just squeak, 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 oh. and there's <laughs> way fewer... Like, I don't think Tim Kitzrow... Or is it Tim? Tim Kitzrow? I don't think he does the um, the announcing. It's someone similar, but it doesn't have the same the same uh, go-to lines. Like, I, I really only think they say two things. I think they say, back to school, and something else. <laughs> like, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's still fun. Like it, it still feels the space of an NBA Jam for college. But, um, but yeah, it's you know, I, again, I don't know how well it was received. Maybe people think it's great. Uh, but I liked it, and I don't think many other people do. So I'll just say that. There you go. There you go. That, that works. That, that fills the criteria of the question. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> Big time. Nailed good, it. Good job. Good job by you. Thank you, Jono. All right. Uh, do you want to take this next question from Tim? I got it. He says, "Hey, Trav and Alex, as I write this, I am an enjoy. I am enjoying a." Pickaroon's Yippee IPA? Wow. Brewed locally, he says? Yippee! Okay. That sounds like a fun yeah, beer. Yeah, I guess so, huh? 
just wanted to show my appreciation to you guys for the great podcast each and every week. I grew up with the NES, SNES, and 90s wrestling, Woo-hoo! sports, and music, so you guys always have something for me to relate to. I'm a longtime SNES Drunk subscriber, thank you for that, and have, all, and have also become a regular over at NES Friend. Thank you for that. Right on. So, my favorite part of Drunk Friend has been following the channels of all your guests that I wasn't already following. Hey, you know what? That's kind of the idea of the podcast is to like, hey, these people are better than me. <laughs> so, please follow them instead of me. <laughs> not instead, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> please not instead. Please not instead. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine if you, if you do that instead. Really, it is. It's, it's just video games, but... I'm I'm just saying, like, listen, these people, like, Super Derek is a great example where it's like, uh, this dude puts, like, a ton of effort into the video production of his stuff. He's got, like, a f- super fancy camera and all that, his super nice setup, and yeah, I'm just a guy with a microphone and a $20 pop filter that stopped sticking to the desk, like, five years ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes on to say, with no live sports, being able to watch all this new content has been a lifesaver. Please keep up the great work, gentlemen. And then he says, P.S., my dream 90s wrestling Survivor Series team would consist of Bret Hart, British Bulldog, Mr. Perfect, and Razor Ramon. Solid group. That is really, that's, I'll, I'll say that is a very 90s group. <laughs> yeah, it is. It doesn't get more 90s than that. That's pretty solid. Yeah, that's, pr- that's pretty dang solid. He didn't really have a question there. We just wanted to read the email. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, Tim. That's, uh, that's nice Thank you, you for that, Tim. Thank you for the nice words. Yeah, also, th- <clears throat> this might be another good segue to uh, sort of a, a mini shout-out. Over, I guess, this, uh, this week, I was, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, included in a video of channels you should check out that are under 2K subscribers. And there was a list of pretty decent channels there. It was uh, done by... A guy whose channel is named uh, Genovi. I wasn't familiar with this guy prior, but he has, you know, like 10K subscribers. And so part of his 10K uh, hit was, I'm going to put out a video that points you towards some folks that I think you should be um, watching. And I was, someone linked that to him. He's like, hey, did you know you were in this? And I was like, I had no idea. So I looked at that that and it was awesome. And I've ended up crossing the 1K uh, threshold uh, thanks to that video and that shout out. So that was, that was very cool. So thank you, uh, Genovi. And I will say, I think I figured out how I got on that guy's radar, and that person might be a guest in the very near future, and we can maybe, um, I can thank him in person on this podcast, but wow, that was just really awesome. That's just really cool to see, you know, people helping each other out. That's what, in, in the segue was, that's what we want to do here is expose people to, to some different people in the community that we think are awesome and, want, and should get more notoriety and, uh, and attention, so... And expose people to 90s college football and 90s sport, uh, 90s wrestling. Yeah, that's kind of our thing. We want to lure Obviously. people in and then make them choke on 90s sports. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're here to do. This is just part one, folks. <laughs> we haven't even gotten into in a, it yet. I mean, it's going to be... In a 26-volume anthology. <laughs> Ken Burns style. Right on. Okay, and then this last one here, this might, this might require some uh, mental gymnastics on our part, but uh, this, is, this is from John. Uh, he says, uh, dear drunk friend podcast, just call me, John. Okay, John. That said, the movie Tommy Boy is 25 years old. As far as I know, it never had a licensed game spinoff. Pretend it's 1995 and you're tasked with creating Tommy Boy, the 16-bit game. What do you do? What do you have for John here? Do you have anything? Yeah, I think I make a, a tactical RPG in the style of Ogre Battle. 
March of the Black Queen, <laughs> where you play as Chris Farley, where he, he has to attempt to take over the business of... Uh, is is that the, the story in the that movie? I forget the story. I just remember the joke. Callahan Motors, man. I think yeah, yeah, his dad he, is he Brian Dennehy. I think his, his, dad, his dad dies. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. So, uh, Yeah, I haven't seen it probably since it came out. Wow. So... Yeah, I need to watch it again. All the Black Sheep is another one. I need to watch all those old Chris Farley movies again. It's been forever. I, I think I can only remember a couple parts off the top of my head, but I think there definitely has to be a sequence where you're driving a car and you have to dodge deer on a roadway. I think that's a big one. <laughs> uh, there should also be a mini game where you try to get the jacket on without ripping it. Yes. Fat Guy Little Coat goes without saying. You have to have Fat Guy Little Coat. I think it's just that, you know... It wouldn't be the greatest licensed movie video game, but you know how how hard is it to make one of those? It'd be better than Wayne's World. Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent accurate. But yeah, I think you know if it were left to me, I would just make little mini games of of every segment, and uh, no one would buy it, and they would all hate it. But <laughs> but you gotta have fun with all the jokes. It'd be published by like Ocean or something like that, and nobody would buy it, and it would be, you know, like it'd be the game you when you go to Blockbuster and. Mega Man X2 is checked out, and Donkey Kong Country 2 is checked out, and Chrono Trigger is checked out, and what's left on the shelf? Oh, it's it's Time Slip, and Metal Morph, and Tommy Boy, the 16-bit game. It's like, oh, man, what do I do? <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. a, a Happy Gilmore game would actually have been fun. Oh, I think that, been that a would be time. tremendous, because, uh, yeah, the, the, there aren't very many good golf games on super nintendo anyway that would be perfect and definitely not not uh terribly arcadey as i am imagining this one would be i mean you have the hockey stick you, every hits just a, just a swing for the fences maybe you do like the <laughs> like that last hit where you have to hit the puck through some like rube goldberg uh or hit the puck what am i thinking hit the golf ball through some rube goldberg like <laughs> setup and uh try to get the try to save grandma from ben stiller man that's what you got to do is all of a sudden it's Kirby's dream course. Uh, yeah, that's I guess that is that does exist, <laughs> there you go. doesn't it? Yeah. I like it. Well, thanks John, that was fun. I would play that game. Yeah, thanks John. That would be fun. That's why we, you know, we're trying to get uh in addition to getting people some uh attention where, you know, some some YouTubers some attention from other folks, we also want someone out there with talent to make the games that we just make up here on the show. So if you can <laughs> you can whip up a Happy Gilmore for us. Still waiting on that uh um, what do you call it? Uh, Link's Awakening style remake of uh, where Magneto solves puzzles with his magnetic powers. Yeah, tiny, tiny little childlike Magneto bending metal and stuff and and warping stuff to his to his will. Gotta have that. I, I would play that game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many you could you could describe a lot of things to me, and I'll say, yeah, I'll play it. But would I really? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I would play it. Would I spend money on it? That's the that's the big question. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's the big question. So let's get into some college sports, specifically the 90s, but uh, a lot of my college sports uh, love and experience comes from a little bit later than the 90s, so we'll, we'll bleed it all together. Who cares? But um, okay. for you growing up, of course, there in the, the uh, lovely Twin Cities, uh, did you have an affection for the, for the local gophers? Kind of, yeah. Um, especially since the Timberwolves were an expansion team uh, that arrived in 1989. And, you know, there's all the pitfalls and pratfalls that come with that. Uh, you know, they, they, they were absolutely atrocious for 
seemingly forever until they got Kevin Garnett. Pooh Richardson, you keep you keep forgetting Pooh Richardson. I don't know why. <laughs> I think Pooh Richardson peaked on the Clippers. <laughs> I, I think we're, he, his his career really took off when he signed with the L.A. Clippers. But uh, boy, you know you how cursed the Timberwolves are. This 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 shows uh, how cursed they are. Is when they were an expansion team in 1989, they still did the the lottery like they usually did, and they ended up picking 10th instead of, you know, in the top five or whatever. Wow. So, yeah, they picked Pooh Richardson with the 10th pick overall in 1989. It's like, uh-oh. And when they uh, had the worst record in the NBA leading up to the Shaq draft, they ended up with the third worst record or the third pick overall so they missed out on both Shaq and Alonzo Mourning and decided to draft Christian Leitner which was a disaster so the Timberwolves were not highly thought of to say the least true (laughs) true so gopher basketball has always been a big thing for me and especially since when I was I think I was when I was eight years old in 1990 I forget what year it was I want to say 1990 the Gophers went on a great run in the NCAA tournament and made the Elite Eight, and that's when they had Willie Burton, Melvin Newburn, uh, Kevin Lynch shooting threes. Um, they beat, I, th- I want to say Clemson, I think, in the Sweet 16, and that was a great game. I remember my dad hooting and hollering <laughs> uh, throughout that game, and then they played Georgia Tech and Bobby Kremens, the, oh, yeah. the, the coach uh, with the weird haircut the bowl cut <laughs> gotta love that he, he yeah he's a great coach I, I always admired that guy but he uh georgia tech got the better of the the gophers to go to the final four of that year i want to say it was it was either 1990 or 89 or one of those one of those years but uh yeah so i i glommed onto the gophers pretty early are they still your team um, for college basketball i mean do you do you have like a team or do you just are you just a casual fan now when it comes to college basketball I'm kind of I'm kind of casual now because I live in Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, I've lived there for the last six years. College basketball is pretty big here, surprisingly. It's Mountain West Conference, um, so it's not. And Mountain West used to be, I wouldn't say a hotbed, but it was pretty. You know, Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. And you had uh, what's his name? Uh, the old Michigan coach Fisher was out there at San Diego State coaching, uh, and they were. A, like a three or four seed like for four or five straight years like they were a legit team then that really fell off and well, they have uh, like you know who else is in there san diego state unlv unlv yeah, yeah those are and some, uh those are some great they've had some great teams the pit is a legit college basketball venue though because and they call it the pit i learned this because i i worked at unm for a short period but the court is actually kind of underground and so when you go into the building, you actually like go down the stairs. It's really cool. Like hmm. it's, it's, it sounds kind of weird, but it's, it's really cool because everything is kind of underground. And so sound really amplifies in that place. It's kind of like Quest Field in Seattle where they built that place specifically for sound to reverberate and, and to echo off the walls and that sort of thing. The pit is kind of like a natural version of quest field okay it's really kind of cool it's super loud in there when it gets going holy crap so in light of that have you i mean new mexico's had some good teams i don't know about since you've been uh in town but um 
do you have you made it to many um games at that venue or did you see like any ranked any ranked uh games no unfortunately not um when they were good that was when uh steve alford was the coach and they were as high as i want to say a three seed Mm -hmm. they had a few seasons where they were like you know 30 wins and like six losses or something like that they were really good um that was when the Mountain West was like a legit conference. But um, so Steve Alford signed a contract with UNM to be their coach for the next 10 years. And everybody was like, oh, great. This guy's great. He's a great recruiter. He might not be that great of a game coach, but he's a really good recruiter. He can get players out here and blah, blah, blah. Like less than 10 days later, he signs with UCLA to be their head coach. <laughs> so all of a sudden, Steve Alford's head is on a, on a wanted posters across the, across the state. So yeah, that, that, that was already established. Like, I think that happened right before I moved here. Ever since then, UNM, the Lobos, unfortunately, have not been very good. That's that's the thing with uh, college basketball is that coaching carousel, man. In both football and basketball, it's uh, you never can trust that your coach is going to be there for you know longer than a day. You never know. It's lousy. Yeah, that, that people still feel betrayed by that, and they still boo that guy at every opportunity. They call him a Benedict Arnold and all that sort of stuff. All those great little. Old references, yeah. <laughs> those old timey. Yeah, like, have we not had a traitor yeah. since seventeen eighty nine? Wow, we're still, we're still poor Benedict Arnold, man. <laughs> hey, he earned it. Uh, it just reminds me of uh, Gorilla Monsoon when he was uh, calling. Speaking of eighties uh, and nineties, Gorilla Monsoon would be. Uh, you know, calling a match and some guy would interfere from the outside and he Pearl Harbored him. And yeah. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I had no idea what that meant, but that's, uh, that's interesting. So your, your journey in basketball started back home with the Gophers didn't, didn't travel with you. You, you picked up the Lobos for a minute. Now you're just a spectator, I guess, of the entire NCAA. I assume yeah. you don't really have any allegiance to the Mountain West, but no, but I, Okay, so it my I I gained an affinity for gambling when it came to <laughs> NCAA basketball, um, because it was just fun. But it really started back in junior high, when um I was I think either seventh or eighth grade, and there was this uh, student aide in gym class that was named Eric, and he was a high school senior, and this would have been 1996. I think it was in eighth grade, because it was the final four when UMass made the final four. And when the NCAA uh, tournament started that year, I think UMass was a, was a one seed. And um, that, that was the team that had like Lou Rowe and Marcus Camby. And they were really good. And this dude wasn't convinced, though, because it was a small, it was Atlantic 10. It was a small conference. And he was making fun of me for liking UMass. I really, I liked their swag. I thought they were a good team. And I thought they might win it all. And he bet me like five bucks or 10 bucks or something that um, UMass w- would not make the final four. And I was like, I'll take that on. Are you kidding? UMass <laughs> is definitely going to make the final four. So, and then they ended up making the final four and the dude ghosted me. Like he didn't what? even acknowledge me after that. So, Boo. and the thing is, is that I'm, you know, I'm this puny little eighth grader 
and he's a high school senior on the JV team for basketball. And I'm like, I'm not, a, and he's like, you know, six foot one or six foot two. And I'm like, I'm not about to like, like, hey man, where's my money? <laughs> like, I'm not about to do that. <laughs> so it was, I felt really, you know, it's like, oh, I won, but there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, it man. It's very. <laughs> I definitely remember, uh, I remember that team though, that UMass team. And as John Calipari, John coach. Calipari was the head coach. I remember that team because uh, across divisions in the Atlantic 10 where my uh, Virginia Tech Hokies having a good year over there. Oh, they were in the A-10 back then? It, back then, yeah. This was this was pre-Big East, pre-ACC. And, uh, nice. Good year that year, 23-6, and six, ranked for a really hot minute. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But, Who was uh, the coach back then for Virginia Tech? Bill Foster? Bill Foster, yeah, not Bud Foster, not the uh, not the Virginia Tech uh, defensive, <laughs> not, Bud not, not the legend. No, this was old Bill Foster. This was, I mean, huh. this was before Virginia. I mean, Virginia Tech had had some good years, you know, it, it spritzed yeah. in between. But I mean, certainly not a powerhouse. We we had that one good basketball season once every thirty years. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, the good old days. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Oh, I did not know you guys were a ten. Yeah, that's the reason I remember. That's they, that UMass team specifically, because they, I think they beat us in the ATN uh, championship tournament. So, do you remember when Calipari got in that press arg- press conference argument with uh, the Temple coach John Chaney? No, and John Chaney like threatened to kill him. Whoa, that's got to be on YouTube, right? <laughs> it's super intense. If you can find that on you, you can find it on YouTube. It's all over YouTube, but you can uh, you can indulge in that when you get the chance because it is intense. I mean, it's intense for 1995 or 96 or whatever it Absolutely, happened. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but John Chaney, the temple coach, was... That guy was, you know, he looked like he never slept. Like he was <laughs> like... He ate, slept, and, you know, breathed basketball 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Like, that guy was like, you don't mess with this dude, like, ever, for any reason. <laughs> like, so... And then Calipari was uh, the brat... The bratty new kid on the block. And uh, Cheney did not take kindly to some of the stuff he said. So he had, uh, he shot some, he uh, shot some, uh, fired some shots back. That's what I'm trying to say. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that A10 basketball, rough. <laughs> rough. <laughs> rough and tumble in the A10 Absolutely. back in the 90s. My gosh. But uh, yeah, you're, you're a hokey. Yeah. So you've got some fun, me- you've got some really good memories, I would think. Of some really good football teams. Football, yes, back, yes. Back in the early 2000s. Yeah, late. I well, would think specifically. Yeah, specifically. Well, the late 90s were, I would say, more of the peak. Uh, we, we peaked early. In, in 96, hmm. uh, we, we got the first uh, big, big bowl victory, won that Sugar Bowl over Texas, which kind of, I would say, put us on the map a little bit. Kind of, you know, we, we, were at, we, had, we had a seat at the big kids' table. And then 99 wow. rolls around, and we, we went to the national championship against uh, Florida State Seminoles. They had the Chris Winkie wow. and the Peter Warwick. and um, Oh, Chris Winkie. Yeah, the, wow. the big wink. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, Michael Vick. And I know there's a, lot of, there's a lot of divisive opinions on Michael Vick, but uh, absolutely amazing player to watch, uh, especially in college. So this was pre-any legal uh, or illegal doings on his part. No, he was... Vic was like appointment viewing at that time. Like you stopped what you were doing to watch that dude because he was that fast, dude. He was that much faster than everybody. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and still, I mean, like again, I know, like there's 
everyone, no one just says meh or like no no one just has like no opinion about Michael Vick. It's either very strong or very negative. So I won't go too too far into that, but it definitely shaped my college football experience. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, like absolutely middle yeah. of nowhere. There's not a there's not a pro sports team within several several rock throws so like even growing <laughs> up there were no uh carolina panthers and no tennessee titans which would have been uh, which were close semi-close uh so the closest team to us was probably the the redskins or maybe the steelers there's a lot of steelers fans in the area so hmm. didn't really have a choice so like seeing like you know of course uh the panthers had existed you know when, when tech went to the national championship game but like just growing up uh, Virginia Tech was like the big thing. I, when I found out that like a team an hour away from me could be on TV, I was blown away because that was like, it's like what? And here you are growing up in the Twin Cities, where it's like I was on TV this morning just walking around the mall. Um, <laughs> for me, I was, it was completely different and sort of romanticized the university because of that. I'm like, this is a big deal thing. They're on yeah. national television. ESPN is yeah. like an hour up the road, like literally 88 miles from me. There is ESPN. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I I was hooked on that just from a young age. Just the the stardom of it was huge, and it hit right at the right time, right? Because I'm like you know 14 or 15 when we go to the national championship game, which is you know a, it's certainly a flash in the pan. We the after effects of that championship game lasted us a couple decades of success. Nothing like great, but um, but that moment was huge. Like the the economy in the area spikes. The the school itself oh, sure. grew like two thirds. I mean, it's it's wow. it had a, a huge effect on this little uh, place that's basically just you know prior to that was just a huge rock and a cow in the middle of nowhere. Now it's it's <laughs> at least that a couple people. So it's it's it had its its impact. So yeah, I I definitely enjoyed um, college football because of the local flavor. I I don't think if you know if I grew up around a pro team, I might not even care as much about college football honestly. But it, it, because it was local. That meant that meant a great deal, and I ended up going to Virginia Tech, obviously too. So, um, yeah, you're a little bit biased. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, so a little uh, taking it back to video games, just a little bit. One thing that always mm. bothered me growing up, whether it be basketball or football games, a lot of them didn't have Virginia Tech in there, even though we were. Oh yeah, a D1 school. A lot of the teams that were featured in those games, I guess the licenses were expensive, and so they got the big boys in there. You'd have, you know, your Ohio States and your Michigans, and a lot of those teams in Virginia. They would always just have UVA. They wouldn't have Virginia Tech. So that <laughs> always uh, sucked for me <laughs> uh, growing up. So I couldn't really actually ever be my my team. There, I think there were a couple games in the 16-bit era that finally managed to get Virginia Tech in there, but. You know, what are you going to do about it? Well, you know, what's funny is that the my go-to retro college football video game is Bill Walsh College Football for Super Nintendo. Heck yeah, And dude. that game didn't have a, a license for anything. So they could only use state names. Yeah. And they could only use uh, city names. So they couldn't use, like, Florida State, for example. They had to use Tallahassee, which... Still cracks me up to this day. Yeah, so funny, funny story. I, I went, I grabbed a couple games off the shelf just so I could kind of look at them while we talked. And um, Bill Walsh College Football was one that I had growing up. And the thing that really impressed me about this one, and you don't get this anymore, and I don't even know if you needed it back then, but this uh, I had the Genesis version, so the big plastic clamshell, and it came with basically a deck of cards for e- each team. Whoa, 
And so like pulling out one of these cards, I mean, it's pretty big, like, you know, I don't know, four inches by five inches or so card, good stock. And it's for each team and it has every player on it. They're not named, of course, but their number, the speed, agility, you know, all of their stats are on these cards that I guess you could just sit beside you while you played. I always thought that was just awesome. Like the, the amount of detail in the packaging, like it was a, it's a little bit of a thicker clamshell the game is, but I assume it costs as much as the rest of the games, but they put so much into giving you, uh, you know, it's basically like a map insert for an RPG. It's like tons of cool information. Ha! <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. And they're all <laughs> like color coded. They have like the, you know, the, the fake team that they've, tried to put in here so <laughs> one interesting thing about it though is in that game sorry to take over when you mentioned it i was like well i have to I have to bring no this up. you go ahead this um or some teams had two two versions of itself on there so like bill wash college football every um team was like an all-star team from a specific year so it wasn't just you know 1993's alabama and 1993's clemson or whatever like it was like uh this is as atlanta 90 so that's georgia tech from 1990 the year they went to the national championship game um baton yeah. rouge baton rouge uh louisiana 87 <laughs> that's that's a good uh, lsu team and you know washington 91 yeah. you know so that's cool that they basically took the all-star versions of the teams that they put in the game and huh, i did not know and that. did that instead which i think is really cool like if you can't get the license at least at least that that was their way to ground it to reality is to say well you know we can't use the the exact teams or, or likenesses but what if we just mm-hmm. said okay this is alabama 1978 and just kind of make that team and i think it's cool so i really like that game because it sort of had a historical tie-in and lots of really cool inserts i did not know that about and that's a brilliant analogy uh about <laughs> rpg it's an rpg uh yeah map for it's the same thing, you know, Chrono Trigger comes with maps mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and inserts that uh, detail weapons and exactly. that sort of thing. Football games are no different. So if you love Chrono Trigger, check out Bill Walsh College Football. <laughs> well, now that I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> the if the, uh, the Super Nintendo version did the same thing, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't have the box and the book for it. So my brother got me the cartridge okay. when I was like 22 I th- or 21. Something like that. It was one of those like last second birthday purchases that he got me. He was like, oh, here, here's a Super Nintendo game. I know you like that stuff. So. <laughs> I know you like that stupid stuff, yeah. Yeah, he threw that at me and I was like, okay. So I wanted to bring this up too, since we're talking about that game in particular. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a, a few weeks ago, I posted a video about overpowered video game athletes. Oh, yeah. And it has shockingly done really good numbers and gotten a really good response. and. Believe me when I say I just came up with this idea doing yard work. And I was just like, da, 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 da. and what's his name? Uh, the, that Travis folk, the other, the other Travis in my life, <laughs> he, <laughs> he uh, added me and said like, hey, I know you made a joke about, on Twitter about uh, coming up with, uh, you know, adequate games done slowly or whatever the <laughs> stupid thing yeah, I said yeah. was. And he was like, oh, I, I managed to score 50 points with Vladi Divac in, in 30 minutes in a, in, a, in a half. I was like, okay, <laughs> why did this guy do this? But uh, after that, I was like, wow, if, he, if you can do that with Vladi Divac, I bet you could do that. You could score like 200 points with Michael Jordan. Or, and then I started thinking about overpowered video game athletes. I was like, oh, that'd be a fun video game. That'd be a fun video idea. 
once I posted that, I started getting comments from all over the place on all sorts of different games. It was really cool. And um, one that stood out to me that I seriously had to stop what I was doing and go check it out for myself was Charlie Ward on Bill Walsh College Football. And it's not technically Charlie Ward, but it is Charlie. It's number 17, the quarterback for uh, Florida State. Tallahassee. Tallahassee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bill Walsh College Football. Okay, I'm flipping through. I found uh, found Tallahassee 92. Um, Yeah. He's probably what, quarterback? He's the quarterback, number 17. Yeah, here we go. Number 17, pass range, he's a 9. Pass accuracy, he's a 9. Speed, he's a 10. Scrambling, he's a 10. So, yeah, he's yeah, he's legit. And what you do is you just freaking drop back and wait for the defense to chase you, and you run around them because you're faster <laughs> than everybody else on the field. Yeah, just kind of doing a cursory scan here. He's, he's by far and away the fastest quarterback on, the, on this game. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I was like, holy crap, this guy would be perfect for uh, a part two of this video if I ever do it. So There's also a quarterback from Kansas who's evidently fleet-footed. Who would have thought? Kansas. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, as uh, Florida State is derisively known as Free Shoes University. but uh, <laughs> So I, I never usually played as Free Shoes. I usually played as a Big Ten team in that game, like Ohio State or Michigan or something like that, or Columbus instead of Ohio State, but... Um, you Norse folk yeah. and your Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, I'm looking at the Hokies roster from 99, and I only recognize two... Actually, I think three other NFL pros on this uh, roster, for, just from the starters. Yeah. Um, and one is the receiver, Andre Davis. I think he had a short career with the Browns. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're with the Browns, it's a short career, right? So... <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> and there's Vic, of course. Vic, yeah. And then there's the kicker, Shane Graham. Dude, Shane, yeah. yeah he... And the only reason I know him is because he was money when I played fantasy football <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. He was, like, good for, like, three field goals every week. Yeah, no doubt, yeah. I mean, I look at that, that roster. I know all those guys inside now, but, yeah, they... Um... Really? Yeah, but, I mean... So, so if, I, if I say the name John Engelberger? Yeah, he was the, the uh, defensive end. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think he had a cup of coffee in the NFL too, if he, I'm not mistaken. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of those guys had, they just, you know, they might have waved past a practice team. Um, like literally just held their hands up and waved at them as they went by because I don't think they, <laughs> they hung out too long. But yeah, I mean, member, memorable for me, uh, certainly. Um, I was actually going to bring up something that's actually kind of interesting about me. Um, in oh, that, yeah. Yeah. Good. So. I again loved college football and loved the college football series, the EA NCAA football games. So I would get those every time they came out, like day one, I was always in line to get the NCAA football game. I love the dynasty modes. Played the played the shit out of those, man. I probably I make this joke on my other podcast, Polykill. My main podcast. Jake would be offended if I called it my other one. Um, <laughs> my main podcast, Polykill, we uh I always talk about how, you know, the big reason that we do Polykill and that I got, I took this this hard turn into gaming is because um, I felt like I spent probably from the ages of 10 till 25 in what I called sports prison, where I basically just really? played sports games. Like, I was just a sports game guy. I was that guy. Like, the guy that did not nice. play RPGs. I, you know, I may, might have dabbled in a Call of Duty, but I was the... 
you know, on the operation sports, uh, you know, that website, <laughs> doing, you know, all the, as many mods as I could to anything that I could get my hands on. I wanted to make, you know, especially with the college football games, I wanted to put the, you know, the, the actual players in there, not just have them represented by numbers. I would create yeah. leagues for, you know, local high schools and stuff like that. So I was like really big on it. And I realized that at some point, I think in like 2011, 2012, there was no subreddit for this game series. There was like a Madden one and there were some other ones. And I actually created the uh, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash NCAA football series subreddit. And uh, over the past like couple of years, it really just took off like huge. Nice. So it, at some point I had to pass it off because I was like, you know, it was becoming too much to mod. Like when it was like yeah. a few hundred people, I could help organize a dynasty. But um, when it got to like 20,000 people, I was like, does anyone know how to mod a subreddit? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I messed up. I don't think I need to be here. So so that was really cool to actually start that kind of community. And it's still thriving. It's still cool. People are all the time posting like glitches and, and funny stories. And there's some people that will, they take it like like to an awesome level where they will, they will like take a player, like focus on a player and write like a game to game blog about that player and sort of like this fiction, wow. it's almost like a fictional novel and it's like yeah. showcasing their career all the way through the four seasons. And that's just awesome. So a lot of creative uh, minds there, but uh, would you know, yeah. you know, the, the year that I, I guess it was 2013 when I made that subreddit because the year that we made it, I say we, the year I made it was the year that Ed O'Bannon won and they said they couldn't make any more college sports games because of Ed O'Bannon, <laughs> the bane of your existence. Yeah. That that very year I was all excited. I was like, man, every year, that's why I named it NCAA football series thinking there's going to be one next year, the one year after that. So I can't put a year yeah. on it. I'll just call it the series. It's so smart. And they, they quit. And now I'm, <laughs> I'm holding that game in my hand and I just read somewhere. Someone sold a copy of this for like 180 bucks. Because it's like, that's the last one that was made and people are clamoring because it still has... Holy crap, 180? I mean, someone said that. I don't know if like that's the going rate, but some Whoa. someone said they paid that much for like a mint copy or something like that. They had to barter like one of their children for it or something. I'm not sure, but um, wow. it still has some like, I guess, loose online support. Like you can still use the Dynasty. They had like a way you could like make teams online, like at your computer and then download them into the game. So you could like put your own art and stuff for the helmets and the and all that stuff. Nice. So that's still kind of thriving and so it's still it's still an active community but it's just that's just kind of hmm. cool to to have a hand in um sort of that's very cool fostering something like that thanks. yeah that's th thanks for saying that that's that's really awesome um i really miss those games like tremendously like they were so much fun yeah one of my one of my favorite memories of my life of both my video game life quote unquote and my <laughs> And my my actual life, if those are things, <laughs> my video game career, I guess. Yeah, I'll say. there you go. <laughs> but uh, I remember. Okay, so it's been a tradition of mine, uh, of me and my brothers, to go over to his place to watch the Super Bowl every year, and then after the Super Bowl's ever over, we'll uh, play a game of NCAA football, whatever that version is of that year, and we both go in cold, like. He might have the game, and he might have played it a bunch, but he won't have played it. Or at least I, I trust him when he says that he would not have played it for several weeks or months or however long. And I obviously haven't played it at all. And we just go one-on-one, -on -one and we play, you know, we pick whoever, and we play against each other. One time, I think it was after the Tampa-Oakland Raiders Super Bowl, which would have been, like, what, 2002, 2003, something around there. Is that the Gruden Bowl? Um 
It was the Gruden Bowl, yeah. <laughs> and I think I picked Oregon or something like that, and he pick, I forget who he picked. But opening kickoff, <laughs> deep in my own end zone, field it. I'm like, ah, screw it. <laughs> I take it out. <laughs> I do a spin move, juke another guy, and all of a sudden it's open field. I take it back to the house for an opening kickoff touchdown. My brother's already like two minutes, like real time, two minutes into the game, and he's already throwing controllers and stuff. I'm like, ah, this is this is the good stuff right now. This is, this is the good stuff right here, right on. I miss those games dearly. They're they're awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely have fond memories of when I was in college. And actually, I didn't I didn't start off by going to Virginia Tech. I, my first college was a small college called UVA at Wise. It was a small town called Wise, Virginia. And they they had sort of a satellite campus out in the mountains, and and my best friend and I went there for some reason. Um, I mean, it's a fine school, but I don't know why exactly we went there. We ended up transferring to Tech after a couple of years, but I do remember being in the, in the dorm room, and you can't like co-op a dynasty, but we both wanted to have a dynasty, so we had to have this agreeable. We would take turns. Um, you know, it's like, all right, I'm going to play a game in my season, then you can play a game in your season. And it was kind of cool because we would really be like, because we're not facing each other, kind of supportive, like, hey, man, oh, what you should do, really kind of like backseat coaching each other, but not like annoyingly. Like, yeah, and it was kind of, I felt like I was the, I was his assistant coach and he was my assistant coach. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Doing That's that. a really cool way of thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a good time. But yeah, too bad they don't, you know, there's some, there's some whisperings that they might come back. I, I've certainly, I'll I'll just admit straight up I have kind of fallen off not just because of COVID I think maybe for the last couple of years I've kind of fallen off a lot of the sports pulse I've not been oh, as interested sure. across the board in a lot of sports I don't know why I get I get like a little a, a little excitement about you know a certain team or something that comes out of nowhere that's awesome and I just want to watch play but I don't have that um that I don't know almost addiction that I had at some point I I don't know what what happened but. I do. I mean, I love the games. I love the video games. So hopefully those, um, the college ones specifically, hopefully it makes a comeback. That'd be great. Well, what happened, I think, is we all sobered up. We we got, <laughs> we we laid on the bed and we shook and we, we sweated out all the toxins. There must be a and sports we, toxins. We sobered up and we, we got over the fever and the, the flu symptoms and we just were like, oh, okay, fine. It's out of our system. And that's how I feel, at least, because none of this, it feels like there's not a sense of urgency anymore with sports because it feels like it's been replaced with current events yeah. and, you know, that Certainly. sort of thing. Yeah. And not to get too into that, I know people probably listen to this to get away from that kind of <laughs> stuff, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that for sure. Having said that, though, I'm... I will say, as I've gotten older, the more I've gotten into college football and the, the more I'm getting away from NFL, I don't know why that is. I think that's because, if I had to guess, it, I think it's because um, of the atmosphere. I just love the, the band. The fa- the, it's always a full stadium, yeah. almost always, unless you're in the Metrodome in Minneapolis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, it's, then it's just flat-out depressing. But... Um, I will say it's fun, man. I mean, I, I, I think I live in a college town where football yeah. is, is pretty close to religion. And and I will I will proudly say, you know, we've had some middling seasons over the last decade or so, which might actually attribute to some of my complacency regarding sports in general. It's just that the local team hasn't been doing it for me, so I've had to, to turn to some other stuff to fill the void. But um, 
certainly even when we're middling, we have a really good home team atmosphere. And that's true for a lot of colleges. Certainly a lot of schools, a lot of people are out there being like, well, my school had a really cool thing too. And I'm sure, I'm sure they're all great. But I I really do think that, um, that Virginia Tech is kind of special. So I would recommend, you know, if you're ever uh, hankering for a good college football game, if we're not ass and you're ever within 200 miles of our rock and Cal, should come hang out and, and partake, man. Blacksburg. It's kind of unmatched, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a good time. Well, one of my f- all-time favorite YouTube clips, it's in my favorites list, um, was, uh, I, fr- I think, I want to say they were playing Miami. Yeah. It was an ACC conference game. You probably know what I'm talking about already. Yeah, J- Jacoby Harris. It's, yeah. Enter, Enter Sandman. Yeah. It, it's really just Enter Sandman playing on. It, it's uh, We're conditioned to just lose our minds. When we hear it, oh like my god! Yeah. It's just the crowd is just going insane, yeah. And it's just the coolest. You can't help but get goosebumps when you watch that. It's just the best. Yeah, it's pretty rad. It's definitely pretty rad. The atmosphere is just a plus 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 plus. So, no doubt. Yeah. Whereas I grew up in the Twin Cities, and I was stuck with the. You want to know the most depressing college? The the polar opposite of Blacksburg is going to be the Metrodome, where the Gophers <laughs> were doomed to play for many years. Is just is just depressing. It's not the college feel at all. Not like not even close. Is it close to the like, uh, university? Like, is it? It is. Yeah. Um. The Metrodome is right along the river, across the river from the university. So it made sense that, from a logistical standpoint, that that would be the um the location but now they've got tcf bank i don't know if if it's even still called that because i don't know if tcf is still a thing because i haven't lived there in forever never heard of that i thought that was going to be like an ice cream shop tcf (laughs) (laughs) no it's um god i remember getting tcf stuff from the the minnesota state fair like free stuff like flyers it's weird weird to think of them as like sponsoring a freaking football stadium but anyway um yeah they uh they the football stadium there is a massive massive upgrade and as a result um now they've got a legit football coach now with uh coach row the boat i can't remember his name oh, but yeah. he's uh God, the row the boat name? guy from central michigan and they had their best season last year in i don't know how many years probably 60 years was he, wasn't he was he western michigan I think you might have. Or Western yeah. Michigan, yeah. What is that guy's One name, of those though? Michigan Paul something, places. Pete, Paul, Phil. I forget. <sighs> I, young guy, though. I have Young no guy, idea. kind of fun. No, he's a, he's a young guy, and he's bald, and he's a really good speaker. He's yeah. He's a really, really good speaker. He's really good um, in front of people, and he's really good at motivating. Holy crap. When I watch the, the videos of this dude uh, speaking to the players, you know, before and after games, I want to run through you know, a wall. PJ just Fleck. Listening to this guy. PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck. There we go. Yeah. That, that guy is. It is Philip. Philip John speaker. Fleck. I just looked it up. Nice. Philip. Nailed it. <laughs> he looks like Phil Rob John. Cordry in his Wikipedia page. <laughs> if Rob Cordry decided to just like say, screw it and just go with a shaved head look. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. You should check yeah. it out. It's pretty, pretty impressive. But yeah, I mean, PJ Fleck. I, I think, uh, I think you're right though. I think they had a pretty good year. You know, was it last year? I guess they did all right, right? It was last year, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't necessarily root for them because I don't I never took as much as a single class at UNM, so I don't have any sort of affiliation to them at all. Or UMN. Did I say UNM? You did. Oh my god. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're they're I moved from a state that's the 
inverse of the previous state. Yeah, no, it's a U M N. God, that's that's just that feels wrong to say. Boy, I must be home now, huh? But um, yeah, no, it's 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 it was his third year here, which means that his recruits were playing somewhat. Yeah. So, I mean, the dude's legit. I mean, it's the guy. You can't argue with him, and he's just kind of a. It's hard to say this about a college coach without feeling stupid because everybody's been burned by a college coach at one point. Not me. At some point. At Frank Beamer for 300 years. <laughs> Frank Beamer for another 300 years. He's going to stick around he's, forever. He still hangs out in the press box. I don't know what he does. <laughs> as, as college football, I think that's why I like it, though, is because college football has become my respite from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the Vikings are a source of d- constant disappointment and just perpetual, just, you know, me and my brother, I, I could send screenshots of uh, the text messages we have back and forth. And it's just me and him, you know, no context, just saying fuck. And just like, <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's the worst. Like, it's not fun. Like, it's not fun to, to be a Vikings fan. I would never have, you know, if there's a subscription service that's like, oh, do you want to be a Vikings fan that next year? It's like, no, I don't. But I feel like I have no choice because I'm kind of stuck with this. Yeah. Because I've been with it for so long uh, because my dad was a season ticket holder and all that sort of stuff. And so it's college football is kind of my life raft, I guess, is uh, my lifesaver. I hear you. Um, I mean, it's good to have yeah, that. So, I mean, even even if you are experiencing your team being shitty, it is kind of nice to have some fellow fans to wallow in it with. Uh, you know, we have our Discord. We have a sports channel. And during college football season, there's a lot of us that, that root for the Hokies. And the last couple of years, that's fun. it has just been a string of F-words. <laughs> a lot of negativity. A lot of negativity, man. And it's it's actually kind of comical. Like... You know, after you take the loss and ah, it's hard to swallow and flipping back up through the messages and just seeing just charred earth, just scorched earth, (laughs) things that we regret saying, things that we don't regret saying. Uh, I'm sure most of the people have muted that channel that aren't affiliated, or at least they do on Saturdays. (laughs) But but it is fun. I mean, that's what sports are about. It's more... It should be. I don't know if it is for everyone, but it should be more about you know camaraderie with your with your fellow man and not so much uh, living and dying by what a couple people are able to do with a ball. Yeah. But uh, I do find myself in that trap where it's like it will ruin my weekend if I have my heart set on like yeah we're <laughs> going to win and then you know it's going to be oh man when they come to, this team comes to town next week we're going to be ranked here it's going to be and then we lose and ah it's just so deflating right so yeah then I go fire up NCAA fourteen. I picked the worst <laughs> team on there, which I think is like the University of Texas San Antonio, and I lead them to to glory, and they're they're happy with me, and that's what I need. <laughs> Texas San Antonio, UTEP, yeah, or no, that's a uh, Ute Utah, yeah. I think uh, Larry Coker coached there for a spell. <laughs> Larry Coker, yeah, man. Wow, that's an old name. Yeah, I want to say he was. I think witness protection put him there. I don't know why else he would coach. <laughs> I don't know what he saw, wow. man. But um, okay, a couple things. Number one, is that the most recent NCAA game that before they stopped? Yeah. Was it NCAA 2K14? Yeah, just NCAA 14. Oh, okay. I need to look that up because I I might have to get that for PS3 or... It uh, it costs a little bit of money. That's the one that's... uh... (laughs) That's crazy. Those games... 
Well, here that brings me to my next point is that there is a fellow out there on SB Nation. His name is Ricky O'Donnell. Or is it Ricky O'Connell or Ricky O'Donnell? I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ricky. But um, he, when this COVID-19 stuff started, he was like, okay, there's no sports on TV. I'm going to start playing uh, College Hoops 2K08 for Xbox 360 as the absolute worst team which was Western Illinois, the Western Illinois Leathernecks. Oh, wow. And I'm going to make them become a powerhouse. Like, I'm going to win the national title. I'm not just going to win the national title. I'm going to have... Because, like you said, it's one of those games that has, like, recruiting and assistant coaches, and it's almost like an RPG. Right, yeah, yeah. Pretty deep systems You've in got games. all that extra stuff. Yeah. And he's going all out, and he's picked up a serious following with this it's tremendous he's simmed through a few or not i shouldn't say simmed through because he's adjusting lineups and adjusting stats and that sort of stuff so he's kind of like being the coach of the team so to speak and it's really fantastic and people have really gotten behind this and it's really picked up a lot of steam and he's he's not playing the games himself He's only simming games in real time, and it's really fun to watch on Twitch. Um, I think his Twitch stream is just... I See, I feel bad now, because I don't remember if it's Ricky O'Connell or Ricky O'Donnell. <laughs> but well, let me look it up right well, now. Oh, it's Ricky, o, it's Ricky o, Richard P. O'Donnell. Okay, cool. So it's Twitch TV slash Richard P. O'Donnell, and he's got, like a freaking dynasty going with this West, and it's so funny because it's western illinois of all the teams Seriously. to become like this like huge powerhouse he named his coach ricky charisma <laughs> which is hilarious nice <laughs> and he's got these these simmed players and he doesn't play any of the games himself he just adjusts minutes that everybody plays he uh you know, adjust uh, starting lineups and like all that sort of stuff and strategies and defenses. And he does a great job. And he, uh, yeah, he's, he's won one national title so far and he's got at least two super heartbreaking losses so far. And I love watching this on Twitch. Uh, he doesn't do any commentary even. He just plays it on, he just lets it, it play on Twitch. And Vern Lundquist and Bill Lack. Bill uh, Rafferty do oh, the commentary. Okay, so he's kind of he's it's just really coaching more or less. Kind of yeah, he's just being yeah. a coach. It's really cool. Oh, that is awesome. I love yeah. it. Uh, while you were looking that up, I I did look up the going rates for the NCAA uh, football fourteen game on on the Xbox three sixty. Uh, you can get it for one hundred and forty one dollars. Seems to be the going rate. What? And on the PS three, it's one hundred and ten dollars. So. There you go. So I'm holding gold in my hand right now. It's it's actually one of the more priced possessions I own, even though like I think I bought this twice. I think I bought it once and then I traded it in and then I got a hankering for it like in twenty fifteen because I realized they weren't gonna make another one and and, and bought it for like ten bucks. Um used at Best Buy. Man. I remember getting the Mar I really liked the um I think it was Madden two thousand three with Marshall Falk on the cover and that was the last Madden that had Pat Summerall in it. And I was like, I have to have that because <laughs> it's Pat Summerall. He's my favorite of all time. I went to get that and it was like $2. Yeah. <laughs> like go to any used game sports or uh, any used uh, sports game. Or I should say any sports. <laughs> wait, 
What am I trying to say? I'm trying to. I don't think you even need the word sports. I think I think you, if you, I think this, <laughs> if you go to a used game store looking for sports games, yeah, used game store. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. This blood and cider is stronger than I thought. Jeez, I can't say words. I can't arrange words. I can say words, but I can't organize them. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at uh, 2K Sports, uh, the College Hoops 2K8. The first auction listed here is thirty bucks, but then when you scroll down, you see people selling it like buy it now for like a hundred and fifteen, and yeah, buy it now. It's like what the hell? Like, are people paying this much? And it's like, well, probably not, but still. Like, do you need it now? Like, do you need it now? <laughs> I need it tomorrow. I was having this two K tournament at the house, and I forgot that I only had one copy, and I need seven. Oh no. <laughs> I need to play as Western Illinois, the Leathernecks, <laughs> like right now. Like, uh, but what are there any other Hokies teams that stick out in your memory as being uh, any you know as as being uh, memorable? Like, I know there's the the Michael Vick teams, obviously. Yeah, I mean that's that's the I guess the pinnacle, and I and I've rom- romanticized about those you know over the years. Whenever I'm like, God. Dang it, we suck. I miss when Vic was here. Yeah, it's easy to be like that. Yeah. When actually, when I was in, uh, when I was an undergrad at Tech, so this would have been between the years of 2005 and 2007, we were ranked in the top five, I think, uh, for a few weeks throughout those years, and so we we hosted a lot of big time games, and it was that the atmosphere was incredible. Then it's it's certainly tapered off since. When you're a top five team, it's certainly different it was also like the first years we were in the acc so uh it was big mm, bigger money you were getting big time opponents big bigger opponents bigger you know bigger spotlight and there were some good teams there i mean it was i think i'm a little more disappointed about it because we we had good teams and then we ended up losing you know stupidly as as teams do but um definitely i i, I remember the 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 atmosphere a lot and i i will say though if if you know, I don't know. I doubt we we have many more college football episodes. So I'll mention maybe my favorite my favorite moment that I witnessed, which was um, uh, Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback. You might remember Tyrod. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was a really good he's team. Good. He's yeah. yeah, it was solid. It was a really good team. We 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 played Nebraska at home, and it's not very common for Virginia Tech to play Nebraska. It just doesn't happen. They're way out there in the no, corn. It we're out, we're out here in the mountains. We don't hang out. The game was pretty much a snooze fest for most of it i think uh it was a very you know virginia tech's been uh you know aside from michael vick very much a defensive school and uh so it was low scoring it was like 10 to 9 and it was a super low scoring game and with like a minute left i'm in the stand this like the student section so the my our offense's back is to me and they're trying to score at the other end of the stadium and so I, mm. there's not like a, a huge, there's a jumbotron behind me, but there's not one in front of me. So like my awareness of what's actually going on way down the field isn't great. And it's not great for many of the other drunken, uh, sunburned people <laughs> that I'm around either. Right. And I had this grad student with me. He, he and I, this was like a lot of my friends had already kind of left. And so I, I met this guy in grad school, this guy, he was probably four foot six, uh, didn't speak a lot of English, <laughs> but he loved football. And I was like, dude, let's go in and get, get, uh, get some seats you have a better chance of getting like a season if you have a partner to go in with it's like season tickets so i have i have tickets with this dude and i feel like he's my responsibility like i have to keep an eye yeah. on him i've invited him to this thing he's he's only been in the u.s for a few months i don't want to wow. I, I gotta keep an eye on this guy he loved football though god he loved football so we're watching and at the very end of the game there's a hail mary tyra throws this hail mary 
Uh, Danny Cole, you know, well-loved at Virginia Tech history, runs under it, catches it. We think it's a touchdown from where we are, but he actually runs out of bounds at like the, I don't know, three-inch line. But all Mm. of the stands where I'm at, pretty sure he scored. So it's chaos because this is like, okay, we, we went ahead. It was 10 to 9. Now it's... It's 15 to 10. We, we've done it. This is great. And uh, I turn around to celebrate with him, and he's, he's gone. I don't know where he went. These people are jumping and Uh-oh. going crazy. People are lifting people up and, and hugging and running and jumping. It's, it's complete chaos. Well, we figure out that, hey, that wasn't, a, that wasn't a touchdown. The offense gets back on the field, and they're trying to score. They actually have to go all the way to fourth down to, to get this touchdown to score. Uh, and it's like on some fluke, crazy ass pass, and we all have to celebrate again. I'm still looking for my buddy this whole time. I'm like trying to keep tabs yeah. on the game, but I'm like, you know, yelling his name. No one can hear me. It's chaos. I find him like three sections down, and there's just a group of dudes that are using him as like their push up counter. Like, you know, like when you know a team scores and they just lift you over their head and count the number of points. Yeah. He he was in the midst of that and. He was having a blast. <laughs> I don't know how he got there. He traveled like 150 feet east of me in the blink of an eye. And I was like, get back over. I felt like his dad. I was like, get back over here. What do you do? You don't run away from me at a game. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I ended up what winning, though. But that, that was uh, my memory of that was, uh, oh, my God, I've lost my friend. <laughs> you go into don't you hate that you're like you feel like you're the you you have to be the responsible one yeah it's like god damn it like i gotta be account- the accountable person here it's like ugh. yeah and he was like, i hate he that was feeling. like 13 years older than me and he looked maybe 18 and i was like i'm gonna have to tell his wife that i lost him and i don't know i don't even know <laughs> I've lost what his him. i don't even think i know how to say his name like i have got to we have got to find him so i was I was a nervous wreck. That's too funny. I got him though. He he's safe now. He's all good now. <laughs> That's tremendous. Yeah. yeah. We haven't even talked about Alabama or LSU Ugh. or any of those guys or I mean we're just talking current football at this point, but I don't even care. Like whatever. <laughs> I wonder I though if you're if you're brazen enough to stick around to the end of this episode, that means you're a true college football fan and you have no choice yeah. but to reach out a drunk friend. At uh, podcast.gmail.com yes. and let us know what your what your college football team is. You know, yeah, please do. How you tailgate? That's always a big thing with college football people. Is yeah, I guess absolutely. NFL too, of course. But um, you know, what what's uh what's your go to on Saturdays? You know, what's your, you know, and tell us what barbecue you like the best. Did you like North Carolina barbecue? Do you like Texas, Kansas City? You That's know, a hot topic right if there. You're, if you're tailgating, you love all that barbecue stuff. I'm actually quite barbecue agnostic. I like most of them. I think I might lean a little more North Carolina. Maybe it's my roots because I'm closer. But uh, huh. I, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm leaning towards Kansas City. I, I like the sweeter. I like stuff. the sweeter stuff. I, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm into the spice um, a little more so. But I can't do the spice. Uh, yeah, not as spicy <laughs> as Pearl can attest you're, to. You live in Albuquerque. You live where they invented it. What are you doing? <laughs> That's green chili. It's a different kind of spice. <laughs> it's a different brand of spice. <laughs> it will uh, it will clear your sinuses. That's for damn sure. Right. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, to to bring this back home, though, I did. You know, in preparation for this podcast, I said, hmm. you know, I played. Um, I had played the college slam on the Super Nintendo way back in the day. Did you enjoyed it quite a bit? But I also have this copy on the Saturn. And I was like, I never played it on the Saturn. It's probably better. And I played it. It's actually pretty good. I didn't mind it on the Saturn as much. It, it, it seems to play a little bit faster. 
Again, no no in-game music, which is just what the hell are you thinking? But um <laughs> but it's a lot of fun, man. I think uh I might go play a little more after this to be honest with you, but Sega Saturn College Slam. Yeah. Okay. God, I love that logo too, that basketball biting on that rim. That's so cool. That's such a 90s <laughs> thing. Oh, for sure, yeah. I need that on a t-shirt. That is yeah, that would be great. Like just on a plain white t-shirt. Yeah. That's way too baggy. An oversized. Yes. It, it needs to be like size like XXXL. Exactly. Yes. So you, so you really look 90s. Cause, yeah, because it kind of almost has like a, a giant Looney Tunes shirt appeal. <laughs> yeah, and a Tweety Bird on the back or something. Exactly. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Man, we are the 90s. We should rename the podcast just 90s Ass Podcast. 90s Ass <laughs> Podcast. We're going to have Steve Mongo McMichael next week. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> Uh, that would be a, that would be a kink for a lot of people, I think, if they had a podcast where you just like you, <laughs> how could, you interviewed Mark Summers could, and <laughs> people would be way into that. I think. How can you get more niche? Like, okay, let's. Uh, is that how you say that? Niche. I think so. Niche. niche yeah, niche. I don't, I don't even. But uh, yeah, we need Steve Mongo McMichael. We need Mark Summers. We need uh, the the red haired kid from Terminator Two that oh, yeah. rats out. Uh, or not, he doesn't rat out. Or he, I should say he doesn't rat out John Connor at the beginning. That dude was in like every Nickelodeon show ever. Yeah, man. Um, who else is there? I don't know. Well, but, you mentioned uh, redheaded kid. I was thinking you got to get that redheaded uh, uh, goalie from Ladybugs. I think that was. <laughs> I think it was that movie. <laughs> Good call. Nicely done. <laughs> or the kid from Rookie of the Year, like that. That dude. Yeah, man. We we see what that guy's up to. You know, the Polykill Network, we're always trying to grow. If we could do the 90s ass podcast, <laughs> if we could get some connections, I think we, you and I could specifically pull it off. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll have to. Give me, I'm 90s anything. Like 90s. The only thing is I'm not 90s Nickelodeon necessarily, but I am 90s college sports. I'm 90s video games and 90s, uh, you know, yeah. 90s dogs. 90s dogs. <laughs> I might be able to f- 90s. fill that. Uh, I might be able to fill the... Um, the Nickelodeon gap a little bit. I think I'm a little younger than you are, so I think I think I was in that sweet spot of Nickelodeon, kind of pre yeah. pre uh, pre that SpongeBob era. You know, I was really into the Gak the Gak era. That was me. Oh, I, I was gonna say the Snick era because no, that was the what was it the Saturday night Nickelodeon era or the Saturday Nickelodeon yeah. era Snick? Yeah, all they, I remember, they the just played like couch. Bewitched and I Love Lucy ad nauseum. Yeah. yeah. I remember that, yeah, and it was, uh, I just remember uh, hating all that stuff, because I just wanted cartoons, I just wanted animation, I was like, you're real people, you're you're no good to me, get out of my way. I know, man, I know. Like, I, I just want Looney Tunes. I wanted more Salute Your Shorts, and things of that ilk, <laughs> Hey Dude, that was my, that was. Hey Dude, yeah, I remember that, yeah, I just, nope, not my thing, unless it was Saved by the Bell, then there you go. my friend Dan and I could point and laugh at those people but other than that nope well if any of you out there have connections to any 90s superstars so we can kick off <laughs> the 90s ass podcast uh let us know even screech oh that'd be great yeah he might win might have to collect call a prison to get screech i think he's <laughs> didn't he stab somebody i'm pretty sure he's in jail he stabs screech stabs somebody you what no you didn't know no dude he uh i just yeah i'm pretty sure he's he, he Jesus. Samuel Scrooge Powers stabbed a man. Almost certain. Oh my God. Uh, Wikipedia here, real quick. Uh, <laughs> I like I like remember his name. 
Um, uh, I just know Zach and here we go. Uh, Jesse. On December 26, 2014, Diamond, Dustin Diamond, <laughs> was arrested in Wisconsin for possession of a switchblade knife, which he was alleged to have pulled during a bar altercation in which a man was stabbed. Damn. So there you go. What the he hell? He only served four months in prison for that. Come on, Screech. What do you like? We have higher expectations for you. All right, never mind. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's been uh, another great. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you can edit that out. I, I was gonna sign off on that note because I thought it was. And that's been another golden it. moment in drunk friend history. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, an altercation in a bar—that is the drunkest friend thing you could do. I know, right? That's what I was thinking, but. Uh, well I guess that's done it for an episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast again if you made it through just meandering about various periods of college football and occasionally bringing up (laughs) disjointed conversations about the video games in which you probably thought we were here for uh, we appreciate that so again reach out to drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to give us a shout or ask a question anything you'd like to have shared on the show Uh, I don't actually have the note sheet up for what I'm supposed to say here at the end Uh, okay yeah that's that it. That is it. Actually, I'm I'm the professional here. Yeah, go go, Alex. Let's go. And if you'd simply like to help out the show, remember to rate and view us wherever you listen. Yeah, man, this guy gets a pop filter and listen at him. Uh, we're on Twitter <laughs> as well. I'm at Traff Plays Games. Alex is of course at Snes Drunk. And we also want to give a shout out to Coolor for the podcast music, the song you heard at the beginning there. And the end here is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. That's right. Please visit polykill.com if you want to hear more podcasts similar to this one and that future 90s-ass podcast that we're going to put out. Be sure to catch us all <laughs> on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers! <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.